Hello, my friends. What's up? Welcome back. This is Ari in the Air. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're here. Today, I've got a rad episode with a man named Velf von Huden. He's a German born who lives outside of Lisbon, Portugal right now, and has been developing an app called Potential that aims to put the power of technology on your side to help you implement the things that you want to do, to try to augment your sovereignty, to augment your intentionality in your life, as opposed to Facebook, Instagram, Google, Apple, using their technology to manipulate your behavior towards what they want you to do, which is essentially time on site. It's a very interesting conversation, and I think this is so incredibly important right now. So many of us, myself included, struggle with our phones being so divisive and so addictive. I struggle with my phone being addictive, and I struggle with my computer being addictive, and all of these websites that just want my attention so much, and they they just like crack themselves into my head, and they grab a hold of my attention it's so difficult and it's really um it's like it's really like demeaning it's really uh disheartening it's difficult for me so uh, this is really this is a subject that's very close to my heart and to my head so i think you guys will enjoy this i really appreciate what wealth is doing i think you should check it out also if you want to download the app, there is a code. We talk about it in the episode, and I'll put the link in the description below. As always, you should check out my website, airintheair.com, to check out my Patreon page, where you can support this show for as little as $5 a month. That helps so much. Please do that. Also, I have started up my philosophical coaching practice, and it's filling up. If you would like to have a free intro call with me, there is a scheduling link on my website, and that is really super delicious. You can listen to my conversation a couple episodes back with Danielle Lasusa, who's another philosophical coach, and we talk about what that practice looks like. If you need some support in your life, I would be happy to hear you. So without further ado, here's some music and my conversation with Velf. Enjoy.
Okay. Velf, thanks for coming on the podcast. Avi, uh, thanks for having me. So why don't you start by just kind of telling us a little bit of your story that brought you to creating this app that you've made. And then we're going to get into what the app actually is. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give an overview and then we can dive into uh, whatever we want to dive in. Um, so seven years ago, I uh, read a book, Think and Grow Rich, uh, kind of, you know, old and cheesy, but uh, one of the best-selling personal development books of all time, probably the, the best-selling personal development book of all time. And uh, the, the one thing that I took away uh, was, A, these two weeks were more educational than the 12 years of school that I had before that. Um, and sort of the, I left with this feeling of, okay, I can, anything that I can set my mind to, right? I can figure out how to think in a certain way. I can figure out how to cultivate desire and then I can create the life that I want to live and I can become the person that I want to become this. Uh, basically no limits except lim imagination and, and hard work. Um, and so that was great. Uh, I didn't really have any perspective on what to do with my life before. So that was fantastic. Uh, and then, oh, of course, you know, the ends at that point were, were simple, um, the, the imagined ones, but um, it led me to, you know, wake up early, or at least it, it led me to try to wake up early. It, tried, it led me to want to read more books. It led me to want to exercise five times a week. And then, a few weeks, a few months, and every now and then I realized, fuck, I'm, 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 I'm so far away from doing all of these things that I want to do that I know would be good for me to do and that I know would make me more of the person that I want to become. Uh, so why is that? And if, 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 that, like if, if I can't do the things that I intend to do, then that seems like a pretty existential sort of threat to this premise of you can do whatever you want. Um, and so I was like, okay, if I can figure this thing out, if I can just figure out how to do the things that I want to do, um, then, you know, everything else can be solved for. And that led me down a rabbit hole of uh, all sorts of personal development and uh, then also stuff like behavioral, psych behavioral psychology and then very quickly, uh, the field of persuasive technology, uh, which is basically about designing computers to change human behavior. And that was, what, 2015, 2016 at the time. And I was experiencing uh, that in my own life because I was using products that were very, very uh, masterfully designed and engineered to uh, change my behavior. And it seemed pretty obvious that that, that industry is onto something because it, it was reaching you know, market caps and revenues and, and user accounts that, that haven't been reached before. Only it was completely the opposite direction of what I actually wanted out of this whole undertaking. And so I was like, okay, it seems like there's an opportunity. Uh, if I'm struggling with this, it seems like there's an opportunity 
to make technology that uses all of this powerful design and all of these powerful algorithms and, and all that stuff in a way that helps me do more of what I want to do. Mm. Um, and that was, that was the starting point of a journey uh, that led me here. Wow. I love this. Um, if your future is bound only by your imagination, but you can't actually do the things that you want to do, that kind of kicks the leg out from that. And the reality, it seems, that there's this huge, masterfully, as you put it, masterfully designed technology that uses the most powerful AI in the world to aim at manipulating our behavior, but not in not towards what we want to do, but towards what they want us to do. One funny thing that I just realized as you said that, uh, not just as a kick the leg out, it's, it's also like it, psychologically, spiritually, philosophically, it's, it's very deep, mm. right? You not being able to do the thing that you want to do goes basically to the bottom of the question of human dignity and freedom right mm -hmm. and so if you can trust yourself to place your attention on the things that are important to you then the very basis like the very basic assumption for creating a life of meaning falls apart mm -hmm. and so it's like for me i was like well okay i believe in the imagination part you know back then as i i still do um so i only need to figure out the the intention part or the intentionality or the intention action gap part, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then if you're, if you're not fully sold on, you know, you can imagine anything and you know, you, you just witness yourself uh, not doing the things that you intend to do and you start telling, so, you know, negative stories about that, reinforcing an identity that you're the kind of person that doesn't have the power to do the things that they want to do, that's fucked up. Um, and it makes increasingly less, less powerful. Yeah, and the loop that addiction in general plays on humans psychologically is exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. It is a constant convincing that you cannot do what you want to do. You cannot do what you think you should do. You can't do it. You can't do it. Even though you try, there's just so, there's like this, this, craving or this like a, our lizard brain is like this tsunami that cannot be overcome and it just in a in a sense it breaks our spirits and and it's you know it's also not like in like it's not like a hundred years ago everyone was you know self-actualizing uh -huh. <laughs> right it's, it's it's not like technology brought the problem it's we've the the table stakes in terms of biology and, and psychology and, and uh, evolutionary biology are completely stacked against us. Yes. Um, in many ways, right? of, of course, they can also be hacked and, and can be used wisely uh, to tr transform ourselves, but that's stacked against us. And then also over the last you know, 150 or let's say 100 years, we've had uh, 
a culture that's been indoctrinated by advertisement uh-huh. that basically uh, flourished or the, the, like advertisement flourished on mediocrity, flourished on compulsivity, flourished on mm. uh, the lower or at least the, the mediocre parts of our nature. I would love to hear from you just like, I would love for you to paint the picture from your point of view. I've heard it from Tristan Harris. I've heard it from Daniel Schmachtenberger, but I would love to hear just a kind of a overview of what the landscape is that you see and that you've been seeing since 2015, as you described this, um, this, you know, history from reading Napoleon Hill to realizing that there was like kind of a, there was a big obstacle in your way and in a lot of people's way. What is the obstacle? I mean, that, luckily that conversation has gotten so much easier uh, with the social dilemma, right? Uh, but I'm, so I'm going to land on parts of that and then let's mm-hmm. see where we go. Uh, and feel free to use that. I, I don't, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I mean, I don't think that everyone's heard that. I don't think that everyone's, I mean, I've, I've, I've repeated so much Schmachtenberger and Harris over the years. Tristan, that, yeah. You know, and, and I mean, obviously, you know, both Daniel and Tristan have been hugely influential on my work. Um, Mine and, as well. Yeah. So, What's the obstacle? The obstacle is that uh, there's, there's, an individ- there's an individual viewpoint and there's a collective viewpoint, right? And for, from the individual side, it's like we're using te- most people are using technology, right? Or e- you personally, you're using technology. And uh, that technology in many cases is your interface to the world, right? You probably spent something like eight to 12 hours a day online, if you're, if you're anything like, like the average person, working on the internet, uh, spending much of your free time uh, scrolling through feeds, watching videos, getting your news. Um, and so that digital environment is built to maximize advertising revenue. How do you, and it's, it's beautiful because it's so simple if you think about it from first principles, right? Okay, you have advertisement, advertising revenue, you have public companies that have trillions of dollars of market cap stacked on this business model of advertising. So there's an imperative to maximize advertising revenue. How do you maximize advertising revenue? You increase the time that people spend on your devices, you increase the likelihood that they will come back to spend more time, uh, not, sorry, not, not on your devices, in your, in your apps, in your, on your websites. Um, you increase the time spent, you increase the likelihood that they come back, you increase their dependence on it. Uh, so basically, there's, just from based on the business model, there's an imperative for engineering addiction. 
And it turns out there's a lot of really effective ways of doing that. Um, and that means whenever you unlock your phone, you, you, you play the game of human attention. You play the game of directing your own attention against an algorithm and against an environment that has been designed to play it against you. And that has been trained on hundreds of thousands of people that are pretty much like you. And on the last 10 years of what you've clicked on and the last 10 years of you know, what you kept watching. And it has been fed with your psychometrics, you know, uh, with your emotional states, with your movements, with how connected you've been with people, uh, with the times of the day when you did certain things. Um, and then you take all of that together and you throw it into a powerful algorithm and you have that algorithm predict, okay, what's the next piece that we can show you mm -hmm. uh, so that we can show you another ad after that. Um, and that's fundamentally incompatible with, uh, you know, directing your attention freely yeah so and it's 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 uh, uh it's the perfect environment in which to yeah get hundreds of millions of people billions of people addicted uh and we're we're only a few years in yeah. so we're we're like you know I think 2011 so 10 years ago was when facebook introduced uh or when facebook started monetizing um, and and uh, making product decisions to increase time on site. So it's been, it's been roughly 10 years where um, persuasive technology has been warping uh, the public mind, our minds, yes. uh, with this stuff. And it's, it's gotten better at it and it will continue getting better at it. And we are continuing to spend more time on it. Uh, and so individually, there's a lot of things that you can do to, you know, uh, to somehow fight that algorithm, right? To, yeah. to do something about it, to put your phone on grayscale, to, you know, but, but ultimately all these, all these hacks do something and they're effective and they're important and willpower does something and it's effective and it's important and you believing that you can do something about it is really important. But it's not going to take the stuff out of the hands of hundreds of millions of people. No. And it's not going to give hundreds of millions of people the technology that they would need to, in their day-to-day -day lives, uh, do the things that would be good for them to do. Yeah. And that would help them evolve into a more developed version of themselves. And would, that would help them do the work and become more capable of doing the work that is required in this moment of, of time for us as a species. And... That's the obstacle. Hmm. I think that's well put. And to kind of, you know, there's there's a a piece that you pointed at that is essentially that it's not just the algorithm itself. It is that there are multiple companies with 
trillion dollar market caps that hire the best psychologists in the world, the best behavioralists in the world, the best designers in the world, the best UX engineers in the world, the best of the best of the best. These companies have hundreds of thousands of employees and they have essentially unlimited money. And they use this unlimited power and the best humans or the smartest humans in their fields to create something that as an individual, as you say, you can use willpower and you can use grayscale, but good fucking luck. Good luck. The, the scope of that indifference, the scope of that disparity of power is hard to overstate. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to understand how outnumbered, (laughs) how outpowered I am by Google, how outpowered I am by Facebook. Like it is for me to use my own agency, my sovereignty, my sense-making and my discipline to try to fight the thing that they have hooked into me over the last 10 years as I have developed as a human trying to have my needs met socially and relationally and spiritually and commercially, like the scale of the power indifference is difficult to grasp. And as you said before, the effect that it has on my psyche and on my feeling that I actually have sovereignty, that I have control of my life is crushing. It's crushing because it proves over and over that my willpower is one soldier against a massive, massive army that has unlimited weaponry. Yeah. And it, I mean, to put the asymmetry into perspective, right? It's, it's like, this is the most, asymmet- the, the most asymmetric, the greatest asymmetry in power that we've historically ever had between mm-hmm. any organization. I mean, I, I guess, except for like the power of, of like national governments and, and physical force, right? Yeah. I, it's, it's fair to say that Facebook has less power over us than the Chinese government has over most of the citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, but psychologically and behaviorally, uh, the, the scale and the intensity and the depth of the manipulation that's going on and, and the, the asymmetry between how good I'm at playing this game of attention and how, they, how good they are at playing the game of attention is the greatest that we ever had in history. Yeah. And at the same time, it's and 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 we don't like we don't quite know like A, it's 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 impossible given the ends that it's currently directed at, which are the most uh, diametrically like completely opposite of 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 what would be good for uh, for us individually and for us as a society as a civilization, 
But even if the ends were different, we don't quite know what governance for that should look like. Uh-huh. Right? It's, it's not clear that with this kind of technology, uh, a popular vote would just work out. Yeah. Right? With, with, with outdated governance structures and people that don't quite understand the nature of the technology, yeah. uh, it's, it's hard to, to make legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if I were to almost just infer your intentions, it's that trying to convince people that they need to stop using this technology that is hijacking their limbic system and manipulating their behavior with the most powerful asymmetry of behavioral um, manipulation we've ever experienced. Trying to convince them to change that on their own is not enough. And we actually need to create technology that does the inverse, that allows people to set an intention and to use the technology to girder and support their own intentions in creating the life that they want in doing the thing that they want to do. Because right now we just painted the picture that basically whatever you want to do is up against the biggest companies in the world that essentially have ever existed and all of the technology and manpower behind that. And by the way, basically every advertising budget Uh on the market. Ah, uh huh. I think that's often left out. Mm-hmm. And so, the impetus to not just try to get people off of this technology, but actually recognize the power that the technology has to change behavior and try to create a technology that helps people change their behavior, not towards more time on site and endless scrolling for revenue, uh, advertising revenue, but for an intentional creation and an intentional um, design of their life and how they want to live and what they want to do. Pretty much. Um, What's the opposite of addiction? Connection. Yes, connection. That's Johan. Uh, that's Johan Hari. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety; it's connection. What's the opposite of compulsion? Sovereignty, choice, exactly. freedom, freedom of choice. And so, what quality of attention is required to choose freely? What quality of attention is required to choose freely? Um, how would I say that? What quality of attention is desired to does is needed to choose freely? A I would almost say undivided or a mm. a and the word that comes back to me here is sovereign, that it's like mm. a that it's a free choice of what to put your attention on. Hmm. Mm. 
it's an open question, right? Like we, we also, uh, it's, it is. It, it, it's a question in process, but uh, one thing that we- I also like is, this quiz. I, I, I would keep going yeah, on this quiz, a, I like it. <laughs> um, so like, or in other words, uh, what would it take to make a tool for directing your attention consciously? What would it mean to make a tool for choosing consciously? What would it mean to make a tool for navigating your life consciously, right? Because that's also the weird thing with attention. It's not just your moment to moment. Uh, it's not just your hour to hour sort of awareness. It's also the full stack of capacities by which you navigate life. The full stack of capacities by which you navigate life. So your values are deeply shaped by what you pay attention to. Of course. Um, your aspirations are going to be shaped by what you pay attention to. Um, and so what would it mean to make a tool for directing your attention? Because that's, that, that's when technology is at its best, right? Like that, that's what a hammer is. That's what a violin is. That's what uh, a typewriter is. Describe, that's what a computer, that's what a com computer is. Describe right? how a violin is a tool to direct your attention. Uh, not a tool to direct your attention. It's like technology is best when it's, when it's a tool for humans, right? Uh, and so what would it mean to not make a tool for, augment, for augmenting the brilliance of, of, and, and creativity of making music uh -huh. uh, or for putting, putting a nail in the wall? But what would it mean to make a tool for directing your attention towards what's most, what's most important, most meaningful in your life? So I almost hear, I think I hear, what would it be to manipulate yourself positively with technology? Yeah, that's fair. Because there is some manipulation, right? Like, yeah. like even, even me setting my intentions is some kind of manipulation. Or I'm hoping for a manipulation. I'm hoping to make some kind of positive change. I'm trying to steer. And steering is manipulation, right? Like, um, hmm, it, that actually brings up this thing that I've heard Jordan Peterson say so many times, which is that any ideal is a judge. So any intention is a manipulation yeah uh, and it's 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 manipulation between you know your, your present self and your future self yeah um and ideally you want to be able to like you, you want the kind of presence and and the the sort of skillfulness at directing your attention so that you can integrate you know all you value all that you want to be in service of uh, and, and hold that in the moment of choice and then choose, choose, choose basically from the greatest place of wholeness uh, mm -hmm. in, in spiritual terms. Um, yeah, but then technically uh, it's, it's exactly that. It's, it's how can we make technology, how can we give you a tool that, that helps you do exactly the things that you want to do um, that you that that are maybe hard to do, that are easy not to do. Um, how can we make those easier? 
and how can we make that part of the default digital environment through which you interface with the world? And how can we make that a shared struggle, right? Or a shared experience where we, we use the, the power of social connections to shape our behavior, not to get us to come back and you know, see our likes and scroll yes. some more, but instead to do the things that we both want to do sort of in, in some connected way uh, without interfering with, with our intentions. And how do we do that in a way that, you know, over time that helps you um, become more of the person that you want to be and, and build the life that you want to build and do the work that you want to, that you want to do. I love this. And I feel like there's a piece that we've like come really close to already in conversation and it's addiction. Like we are essentially talking about addiction here. Mm -hmm. um, I've recently been kind of diving into the work of Johan Hari, who, are you familiar with him? I, I read Love Connections. Loved yes. It. Loved it? Yeah. It's on my nightstand. Um, and I love what he said that I've already quoted, that the opposite of addiction is connection. My intuition, how that relates to this, is that basically the way that we have lived for the last even few hundred years as we've individuated more and more and more, we have ripened ourselves for a disconnection that opens the door for addiction. And as we have lost more and more, I'm reluctant to say, it, but tribal connection, familial, but bigger than just familial, really integrated, social, integrated, tribal connection, we've ripened ourselves for addiction. And I think that's what we've seen um, as the in the increase in drug addiction and social media was like the perfect storm for our social disconnection. Yeah. And of course it's also a, uh, it's a short-term numbing remedy that then only increases the disconnection, provides more conditions for addiction yeah. to intensi intensify. But of course, it's it's also it's not just connection to uh, to each other, right? It's it's like it's connection to meaningful values, it's connection to nature, it's connection to uh, meaningful work, purpose, um, meaning, and and I, I, I yeah, if, if if you know if 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 we could just replace uh, at scale. The, the physical environment and, and the social environments and all the institutions that have been built to um, you know, make space for more nature, make space for more interpersonal connection, make space for more healthy tribal integrated relationships, mm -hmm. uh, make space for an inquiry into meaningful values. Yeah, that'd be great. We should totally do that. And we should totally do that in any case. Um, only what we're trying or what, what 
the opportunity that we're seeing is that there are not a lot of uh, pathways for a small group of committed citizens to, Im to improve the conditions for reconnection mm -hmm. uh, on a global scale. And so in the digital, and, and that's actually an interesting question because I think that's, if we think about directing our attention, I think there's something about like what are, what can, what can we reconnect to so that we can direct our attention freely? Uh -huh. And my feeling is it's something about our, oh, actually, what do you think? Uh, Pose the question what, one more time there. What, what can we reconnect mm -hmm. to so that we yeah. uh, can choose consciously, that we can choose freely? Mm. I love this quiz. This Velf quiz is great. What can we reconnect to that Im or what can we reconnect to that imbues a sense of sovereignty and a more sovereign mm -hmm. choice making? Mm -hmm. mm, I think we've said a number of them already. One is nature. Mm -hmm. Two mm -hmm. is our bodies, our bodies, which is nature, right? Our bodies came from the earth and will return. So reconnecting to the sensations, our sensory perception and what it is like to be ourselves, which is embodiment. I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, which includes diet, movement, sexuality, thought, all of these things. Nature, our bodies, each other, which is a deep relational growth. So how we relate, specifically how we communicate is an incredible reconnection. It's been one of the biggest, most mm. con reconnecting um, transformational experiences of my life is how do we communicate? This podcast mm. has been an enormous project along that. How do I converse? How do I hold other people's ideas? How do I dialogue and what do I get from that? Mm. So that's relationship. And then one more that I would say is purpose and meaning. That is our own direction. That is our deepest sense of belonging. Why are we here? What does it mean? And what do I do? What is my gift and how do I give it? I've been reading this book. It's called The Wild Edge of Sorrow by Francis Weller. It's about grief. And it's about rituals. Mm -hmm. And he basically lays out how we are all carrying around this collective grief for the things that we've lost. So when we're talking about a reconnection, a reconnection that reinstills a sovereignty in us, it's a really huge ask. It's as huge of an ask as it is as big of an asymmetry of power that we have between social media and our individual selves. It's a, as big of an ask as 
the depth to which we have gone in this direction of individuation and and when i say that i mean like atomized individuation not like a actualization of yourself i mean a a false um a delusion separation yeah a delusion a separation delusion exactly mm-hmm. to use eisenstein separation so it's a big ask and sovereignty is an enormous goal and a, such a beautiful aim um but yeah i think those are some of the things that the reconnection demands essentially all of them dogs i think are an important part of that uh at least uh i i would add one more uh, two more things which is um connection to ourself right and importantly there it feels like uh and i haven't really i don't know if i haven't really inquired into that deeper but i had this sensation a while back in sitting in meditation how like you know there, there's a lot of talk about presence and the present moment but one thing that i that i find really important to acknowledge is that the present moment like it, it's it's not like the future is disconnected from the present moment and i think hope is a really really important human emotion and i think hope like a hopeful future leads to a very different quality in the present moment and you can you, you can hold a, a hopeful future in the present moment and be changed by it and so i think there's something about reconnecting with ourselves and with the possibilities of becoming our true self uh and and the sort of the the vastness of that the depth of that the the degree to which it's possible to transform ourselves deeply many times in a lifetime mm-hmm. um and to to those possibilities um so that we can choose from that from an awareness that that holds that i like that i think that we've i've heard a lot of what seems to be your philosophy around why this kind of project of creating technology that would empower us to manipulate our behavior towards positive and to reconnect ourselves to a sovereign sense of decision making and re or taking back our attention um and there's some kind of baseline there which is like we don't own all of our attention right we have like an we have a body and like my body 
right? Like if a loud sound goes off behind me, like my attention is taken from me. I don't, I don't just get to choose. Not everything is just free choice. Like I live in a vacuum, but it is a sovereignty to respond to my environment. And so, the environment. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm now curious about what this technology looks like. Mm-hmm. And because the idea, and maybe I can, maybe I can frame this accurately. The idea that our, as a company, our shared purpose our collective purpose is to increase advertising revenue by increasing time on site is incredibly poignant. That's so pointed. It's so obvious. It's mm-hmm. actionable. That is like, that is a design parameter that is incredibly well-defined. The idea that I would create technology that would help me do what I want to do is very difficult, much less clear in my mind. So help me understand that. Or how, how do you currently frame that? What is the job of this, air quotes, technology? What does it look like? How does it do it? And there's a, you're creating an app, right? Yeah. What's the app called? Potential. What? Potential. Potential. So what's the aim here? What is our, if we are the company of potential, what's the, What's the collective purpose and how can we define it as clearly as possible? Because the collective purpose of increasing ad revenue by increasing time on site is incredibly pointed. How do we, how do we, how do we aim as sharply as that? I think the, The, the vision is to, you know, advance human sovereignty. Uh, the, the mission, how we think we, we get there is by making technology that augments your intentionality. Hmm. Um, so that, and, and I think it's, again, yeah. goes a bit back into the philosophy, but it's, it's highly relevant. Uh, we, we sort of, as, an, as, as, as the tech industry became increasingly the place through which, or like as your personal computer, as your smartphone became the place, the medium through which you interact with the world primarily, um, we sort of forgot about this dimension of making choices, right? There, there's a meta layer of how you make choices that your computer and your smartphone are not currently designed for. And 
so the question is, can we trans can we give you an interface that is the best possible interface for making conscious choices in your digital environment? Hmm. Can you give and, a, a can you give an example? I want to double click on this that your current cell phone or your current laptop is not designed with the idea of choice making in mind. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, it's like, here's a menu of random things. Choose one, choose whatever. We don't care. We don't have an opinion on this. You choose whatever you choose. Uh -huh. It's it, it, it doesn't, like if, if, if you look at the significance and the asymmetry of the problem of smartphone addiction, and then you look at the screen time solutions that Apple and Google put out, in response to it, it's a joke. It's like, it's, it's, it doesn't even get close to the depth of the problem. Uh -huh. And so, and so that's like the, the, you can see that there's a, there's a very baby step layer of, uh, of this emerging, but it's, it's not what it could be. And so what we think it could be is, uh, based on, you know, the the things that are most important to you in your life and let's say over the next three months um what are some of the things that are important to you to do on a day-to-day -day basis mm. and can we integrate them into this choice architecture that you that that is your phone and can we make the default interface from which you interact with your phone one that starts with your intentions. Okay. And the way that it would start with your intentions is you have to input your intentions, which is, exactly. which is as a person who has set intentions, incredibly difficult. To do what? Yes. To do, to set my intentions well is really hard. Um, but let's just zoom in on the interface between the intentions that I've made and this new phone that I have. So let's say you have an intention to meditate in the morning uh -huh. and maybe you also want to, you know, uh, wake up at a specific time and then you want to work out afterwards. Um, Right now, your alarm rings. You already have your phone in your hands. You're like, ah, so many notifications. Uh -huh. um, your alarm's on your phone. Your alarm's obviously on your phone. You try to avoid the notifications, and then you, you know, unlock your phone, and there's maybe new notifications popping up, and then you search for your meditation app. You go on the meditation app. You search for the right meditation. You click that. You start doing that. In the best case, right? Chances are, for many people, most of the time, um, that intention has been forgotten by the time that they, that they wake up. Uh, if it has not, then maybe one of the notifications catch their mind, uh, catch their attention, and, and they, they find themselves checking their mails or answering messages or whatever. Um, and then once they're sort of in this default, mindlessly engaging with the phone, then switching back from that into a meaningful behavior 
is a very different switch to like catch yourself and then and then act on that. Uh-huh. And so what we want to replace that with is uh, we help you we help you set up your phone in a way that makes it more distraction free. And then you unlock your phone and on your home screen, so, so that for example you don't get all the notifications at the at, at at that time of the day. And then you unlock your phone and you see a widget on your home screen with your intentions for waking up early, for doing your meditation, and for doing exercise. And you can tap on the intention for meditating and it opens exactly the meditation in your meditation app mm-hmm. that you want. Uh, and then once you're done with that, you return to potential and it gets automatically checked off just as the, the wake up early gets automatically checked off because we have that data from Apple Health or uh, the equivalent. And then you tap on exercise and it starts your workout playlist. Um, and then sort of throughout the day, you can schedule things, you see your calendar events and you can sort of plan your day, not in terms of time and in terms of, you know, minutes and hours and events and, or habit tracking of like, oh, I need to do these 17 things tonight, but instead in, of like, in, in terms of what do I intend to do? And right now, um, that takes a lot of setup, right? Uh-huh. It needs your intentions, it needs your, it needs your schedules, it needs the situations. Um, we believe we can make that smoother. We, can make, we, we believe we can make that increasingly elegant. Um, and we believe that going forward, we can then, in, in the underlying tech stack, um, use recommendation engines and use data and use all of these things to, when you go on Twitter, make, a, make suggestions for what you might want to consider doing instead. Um, that based on, on your previous behavior might be a more nourishing choice yeah. for you than scrolling Twitter for half an hour. Yeah, yeah so I love this. And it, it reminds me of one of the most famous habits that Steve Jobs had was that he wore the same clothes. He like, he had a closet full of black jeans and a black shirt. And the idea was that you only have a certain budget of decision-making in any given day, right? You have a limited amount of decisions that you can make. And so what I hear you saying is that when you unlock your phone and there's a bunch of notifications, you have a decision to open them or to not. And even if you don't, that was a decision. You just, you, you spent a decision on that. And then when you look at the, variety of colorful apps on your phone, you have a decision of which app to choose. And the meditation one is another decision. And it's not the one that your subconscious brain associates with the highest dopamine reward. Of course not. Of course not. And then the which meditation to do is a decision. What music to listen to after that is a decision. There's just like our phone is designed in 
somewhat of a hedonistic way to let you have whatever you want, whenever you want it. And because it's designed that way, it is incredibly expensive on our decisions. We spend decisions just like that's going out of style. We're just swiping left and right, ching, 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 ching. And I think that that likely we become bankrupt of decision and we fall into, like you say, the, the highest dopamine thing that is just scrolling that will just give you infinite feed. So the idea that your phone, and I, I know that you're creating an app, but I think that it's almost easier to think about it as if it was just a phone. It was a different phone. Right? Instead of having to use another fucking app, it was just I had a potential phone. And the yeah, phone and, and yeah, go ahead. The phone asked me lots of questions about what I want to do as far as my intentions and my behaviors and my habits. You know, Tim Ferriss was like just blew up the idea of like your morning routine and how important that is. And that was a long time ago. And like your morning routine is so incredibly crucial and your phone being on your side, as opposed to you having to fight your phone every step of the way, you have to fight your phone to like turn off your alarm without sending and receiving a bunch of social text messages, right? A bunch of communication. You have to fight your phone to, to pick the app that you set an intention to pick, right? You have to fight this thing at every step of the way, which is like some people have more discipline than others, right? We're not all, and I'm like, discipline is not my strong suit, man. Pleasure is my strong suit. Excitement is my strong suit, <laughs> right? I'm like a professional athlete. I like do the things that are fun and like exciting and dangerous, right? So like- Good for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, so, so like- me trying to like single-handedly fight this massive army of Google and Facebook and all of their algorithms and all their behavioralists and all this manipulation that's aimed at my head is a fucking tough job. And I know people who are better at fighting it, this fight than I am. Um, but the idea that I would have the technology on my side, instead of having to fight the technology every step of the way, sounds like a really huge improvement. Yeah. Even and I mean, that's, like the, the first psychologist that ever looked at potential, you know, at an early prototype was like, wow, the, the amount of willpower depletion that this stops is incredible. Ah, right. Willpower depletion. Because That's, like all, all of these, all of these decisions, all of these micro choices, yeah. like they take a bit of willpower. Of and course. so basically what, what, and, and this is also what we see as like the, the first major aha moment when someone first uses potential is like they set up their morning routine they put in their intentions, their integrations, and then in the morning they unlock their and, and the widget. And then in the morning they unlock their phone and they see exactly the things that they want to do. And they can tap them and they're right in the action that they want to be taking on their phone. Uh, that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And so if we can reduce all of that decision fatigue to, okay, am I gonna work out first or am I going to meditate first and am I going to do yoga or am I going to do body weight workout or am I going to go for a run 
right? It's like you make a menu for yourself and then the menu makes you. Mm. And we just give you the tool to make the menu for yourself in a way that uh-huh. is aligned with what you truly want. Uh-huh. Because the menu of whatever you want, whenever you want it, is not that great for people. That's a one marshmallow it's, game. It's a one marshmallow. I love that. It's a one marshmallow game. And it is, um, it's not been designed with wisdom, right? Fuck. It's been designed with, ah, you know, whatever. We give people what they want. <laughs> it's the opposite um, of wisdom. And also it's been designed for, you know, let's, we have to serve a million, a billion people at once. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? We just, you know, make something that kind of works for everyone. Um, and these billions of people have not yet been educated on why intentionality is important and how to do it and how to do it in this sort of cybernetic relationship yeah, with your and, digital environment. Yeah. And in their defense further, not only have they not been taught how to do it, they have been taught and trained yeah. and conditioned yeah. and captured and literally like they war has been waged against them. And they, and also it's like, they so fucking deeply want it. They do. Right. I so fucking deeply want it. Yes. I know I want it. And yet I struggle. I talk to people, we talk to our users and it's like, they fucking like, it's, it's the difference between a life where you, where you're capable of doing the things that you want to do that are good for you and not being able to do that is everything. It is everything. It is. Yeah. That's this, this, it's literally your mental health. Yes. Literally democracy. It's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. The felt sense of being able to do what you want to do or being hijacked and controlled and manipulated by outside forces is hard. The difference there is impossible to overstate, I think. Um, so I love it. I think we've painted this really well. I'm curious, what is the state of your progress? What do you like? Who, what's the size of the team and how are you guys making this work and what's the app? Um, what's in what state is the app and how can people try it? And yeah, so we are currently a team of three people. Um, we've been last year, we've been working on prototypes. Um, we've done lots of interviews. We've done a lot of beta testing. Um, and then we launched first MVP, uh, in December. And now it's in sort of public beta. Um, and we're now working on, on the roadmap for this year. Uh, it will be, uh, there's so much stuff I'm excited for. Uh, so it's, it's functional. It provides value to people. It's a, it's a paid product, right? If, if, because of, of course, how, how are you going to finance it? If you, if you don't do ads, well, you charge people for the value that you provide, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the, the simplest way of, of aligning our incentives with, uh, with your well-being and with your best interest. Yeah. Um, and so people are paying for it and people are happy to pay for it. Um, and, and where is it available? It's on iOS? It's on iOS and on, on Android. Um, mm-hmm. 
and the, the links are at uh, potential.app. Um, and there, people can use the invite code um, ARI, uh, just A-I-I in, in, in big letters uh, to get into, into the app um, after signing up. And it's, you know, there, there's no onboarding. It's, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it also takes a lot of setup. So basically what we're seeing is that the people that are most motivated, right? The people that previously used Grayscale, the people that really want to work out, the people that really want to meditate, the people that are really, you know, aware of this uh, relationship to their phone and, and how it shapes their capacity to do this, the things that they want to do. Those are the people that, uh, you know, care enough to set it all up. And then they are the ones that actually get the value from it. And so we're now trying to figure out, you know, how, how, do, we make, how do we make it better? How do we uh, add more integrations? How do we make it smoother? Um, what kind of social features even should, like, should be there? Because it's, it, it's, it's easy to you know, build some low-hanging fruits and, and you know, make a challenge feature and you know, shared, shared habit tracking, great. Um, but I think we're trying to be a bit more careful there. And so we're in the first place uh, building a tool and, and having it have a, a very fine social layer that you can, that you can turn off if you, if you want to turn it off. Um, but yeah, by like throughout the year, uh, it's going to become increasingly great at, at what it's trying to do. Awesome. I'm going to download it. Please do. It's been and great talking leave, with you. Please leave feedback. It's um, that's really the thing, right? You realize the 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 mission statement of let's maximize for advertising revenue. It's very simple. The possibility space of let's make technology that that helps us do the things that we want to do is is impossibly large. Uh-huh. And so it takes the intuition of a lot of people to figure uh-huh. out where does this thing want to go. Mm. Interesting. What do we need from it? And so we're really in that conversation uh, in the app, through feedback, uh, in our Discord, and with, with the people that are, that are using it. That's so interesting. It was the, the point I made about how pointed of a collective purpose time on site and maximizing ad revenue is. It also as you just pointed out, that pointedness of that purpose pinholes the technology itself. And to open up the purpose of the technology to something as broad as increasing sovereignty and augmenting intentionality. It's inspiring and enabling the collective actualization of human potential in the flourishing uh, in in the service of of all conscious beings. Mm. Uh, it's a tall order. And it is a tall order, but it also opens up yeah. the 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 scope and the space of what the technology could be, what shape it could take, what it does, what it looks like, how it works. All of those things get really, really big. And it's pretty fun to work on. So uh, thank you for having me, and uh, I, it's I'm I'm really grateful to uh, have struggled to do the things that I want to do because uh, if it was not for that, I probably wouldn't be here otherwise. Uh huh.
Yeah, well, struggle on. Welcome to the club. Yes. Great talking. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ali. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks so much to Vel for coming on and for his amazing work here with the Potential app. The app is really cool and it's a pretty profound improvement. Um, And if you'd like to download it, you can have a discount and the link for that is in the description below. So if you like this show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or becoming a patron on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. That helps this show so much. And if you need some support in your life, I'd love to work with you. I do philosophical coaching virtually, and that's a really beautiful practice. That's a combination of deep empathic listening and some challenging wisdom from around the world. So thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Please love and save the whales. Ooh.